All right, good morning, everybody. It is great to have you here today. I don't know about you, but uh, this weekend has been incredible for weather, and I hope that you've been able to get outside and to enjoy um, things that have been happening. But it's great that you take some time and be with us here today at Colwood Church. My name is Sean, one of the pastors here on the team, and I'm really excited, actually, to jump into this brand new series today. So glad that you're here and that you're going to be joining us. Now, I, I, I want to make this comment that, that life is hard. Has anybody ever experienced that life is hard for you before? And, uh, and how much more better would life be if you actually had a personal assistant on your side? Now, first of all, I think we got to go to uh, the, the married people who are listening to us. To have a personal assistant does not mean your spouse. Do not think that they are your personal assistant, okay? One caveat. The second thing is perhaps you have kids. Folks, your kids are not your personal assistant, and vice versa. Kids, your parents are not your personal assistant either. Okay, so what we have to focus in on is that uh, we just have, they're there to help maybe once in a while. But we all have personal assistants pretty well much happening in our lives. I mean, first of all, I think of my phone and the personal assistant that it is for me. I mean, I could talk to this, and if I were to say the word Siri, she's going to read, and she's going to ask me a question, and she's not doing that now, which is great. Some of us have Alexa at home as well, and uh, we talk to Alexa. But how many of you would love to have a personal assistant at work? I mean, someone to do most or a, a, a portion of your workload. Some of us even think about this when we're at home. How great would it be to have a personal assistant at home? You could have someone who could do the, the stuff outside, perhaps your lawn care. You could have someone to come in and cook and clean your house. How many of you are ready for a personal assistant right now? Kids are even probably listening today thinking, man, if I had a personal assistant, they could come and do my homework and life would be great. But we all kind of crave this idea of having a personal assistant in our lives. But what if I told you that you could have a personal assistant today and it wouldn't even cost you a dime? Would you take the assistant? So with that in mind, let's look at the word of the Lord together today. If you have your Bibles, I'm turning to John chapter 16, verses 5 to 15. And this is what it says. And this is Jesus speaking. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come, because the ruler of this world has already been judged. But there is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. See, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me, and all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I have said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives of me. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 says this, and on the day of Pentecost, 
all of the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Get that visual in your head. That sounds awesome. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. In verse 17, 18, an old prophecy from the prophet Joel. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Somebody say all people. On all people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. All people, spirit of God, Anybody hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today, say amen. But now that we've read the word of the Lord, let's pray and let's jump in. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is life to me and it's life to us. Yet today, the subject that we are talking about is more than just a subject. This is a relationship. This is a person, Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, as we have read how you poured out your, yourself upon the people, I'm asking today that you would give us a fresh wind. I'm asking for you to pour your spirit out upon us as a church community. And under the sound of my voice today, where any, wherever anybody is listening to this right now, that the spirit of God would move into that space. We do not have to be in this room because you are not limited to this space. But I pray that you would pour your spirit out wherever people are listening today. We need a fresh wind, and so we invite you to come we ask these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, today I would like to speak to us from the subject, Numa, and in particular, wind. Now, next Sunday in the church calendar is a very significant day. In fact, it is a birthday, and the birthday that is on the Christian calendar is the birthday of the church, and it was marked by this event that I just read out of Acts chapter 2 called Pentecost, and this was where the Holy Spirit was poured out in power upon the people. And this is such a significant moment for us that we cannot ignore its content. In fact, the Presbyterian pastor was asked to rate the three Christian uh, calendar events on a scale of one to ten. They were Easter, Christmas, and Pentecost. The pastor communicated that Easter for sure is a ten. He went on to say that Pentecost was a seven and that Christmas was a six. And then when the same question was posed to his congregation, this was the average of where people landed. Number one, Easter was a 10. In fact, it goes on to Christmas being an eight, and the average look at the day of Pentecost was three, which is really intriguing for us today. So in lieu of this reality that Pentecost either is ignored or maybe not known in your life, as to what its significance is. In lieu of that, we are going to spend a two-week series called Numa, Fire and Wind. In fact, fire and wind are the two metaphors that predominantly speak towards the person of the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, the, the title of this series, Numa, in the Greek means this, breathe, wind, and spirit. It's a focus on the Holy Spirit of God. This is a focus on the third person of what is known as the Trinity. 
We have God the Father, we have Jesus Christ the Son, and that we have the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes, as we have just looked at the Presbyterian pastor and his church's idea of Pentecost, often forgotten. And so today we want to take a look at what the Spirit of God is. And here's my bottom line that I would like to ask all of us here today. That is this. Life is hard. But if you could have accurate and precise help, would you take it? Seriously, would you take it if you were given this precision in your life? Now, truth be told, many people struggle with the person and the, and the, of the Holy Spirit. The question is why? And why do people have a tough time here? Number one, I think that we think the Holy Spirit is a forgotten God. Francis Chan wrote an incredible book on this topic. But we don't look at the Holy Spirit as God. We look at God, we look at Jesus, and we forget the Holy Spirit, which is interesting. I think many of us have a big misunderstanding when it comes to the Spirit of God. We just don't understand what he's going to do and how he's going to move in our lives, and so we'd rather take a step back and, th- and say, okay, I-, I don't know, so I don't know what to do. Some of us have this idea of the Spirit of God as holy rollers. <laughs> this is an old term, but I mean, we are a Pentecostal church. Our name comes from Acts chapter 2, Pentecost Sunday. It comes there because we have this reliance and we want to know the power and the person of the Holy Spirit of God. But we have, we've had these people in our past called holy rollers where they just kind of do their thing. Perhaps you've even heard of, the, of this thing called tongues before and, and, and people get lost in that as to what it's all about. And one of the other things that I think about when it comes to the Spirit of God as well is that some of us and many of us actually think it's for the spiritually elite. Like nobody can have the Spirit of God outside of like those pastors and those people who spend hours and hours of prayer a day. But the reality is not true. But we sometimes think that the spiritually elite. Now I have personally watched in my own life the abuses of the Spirit of God in my lifetime. And it has deterred me from wanting to pay attention to Him. In fact, I will tell you that... Um, I have silenced the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life in fear of what he may want to do with and and in me and in my life. Now, we would understand that before the COVID um, pandemic struck us, we would see that uh, uh, we would have this thing called a common cold. And when that common cold turned into something a little bit more serious like a flu, we would get a terminology and it was called, uh, or when, when it would affect our lungs especially, when that cold affected the lungs, what do we call it? We call it pneumonia. And it's interesting, is it not, that the root word of pneumonia is what? Pneuma. Now interesting because as I'm thinking about this in the context of our church and the realities that are in front of us, I actually do wonder if we have spiritual pneumonia in our day today. Because if pneumonia is about breathing into our lungs, and if the Spirit of God is all about pneuma, and it is his definition, we need the breath of God in our lives, do we not? We need for the Holy Spirit to breathe in us, but I do wonder, do we have spiritual pneumonia in our lives today? But Jesus declared that unless I go away in our John 16 text, unless I go away, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit. I cannot send you the advocate. I cannot give you the advantage to your life. I can't do it unless I go. So he goes and he ascends to the Father, and then we have this epic moment in the scriptures of where the Holy Spirit of God comes down. He falls upon the people. And I need us to see this today. When the Spirit fell, it was upon all people. It is for all people. People, if you are listening today, guess what? You are a prime candidate for the Holy Spirit of God in your life. 
And I love that about who Jesus is. In fact, the word advocate in the John 16 text is the word parakletos. Parakletos means this, that it is someone who is called to your side. It's someone called to your aid. It pleads a case before a judge. It is a helper. It is an assistant. This is exactly what Jesus is communicating to us in this text today. His plan was to impart the Holy Spirit of God upon you and I to empower the life of the believer And I don't know about you, but I need help. Do you think I need help? Go ahead, say amen. Because I need a lot of help. I know that about me. Why? Because I'm limited. I understand my limitedness in this world today. And I understand that if I'm going to have this personal assistant and this advocate at play in my life, this is not just an exchange of him doing things for me. This is a relationship that I have to invest in. But I understand I'm limited, so my pursuit to the Holy Spirit of God is critical. Now, I have an illustration that I want to share with us because I see that in the scriptures, there are two particular um, movements of the Spirit that I want us to see today. Now, the pitcher is going to represent the Holy Spirit, and the cup is going to represent your life. And so we are shown this really unique text in, in John chapter 20, verses 22, where it simply says this, Jesus in his room with his disciples And it says this, that he simply breathes on his disciples. And so what happens in that moment is Jesus breathes his spirit, his pneuma. He pours his spirit into these people in that space. And I love this because I also love what Jack Hayford kind of communicates to us. And he says that the moment when Jesus kind of breathes into your life, it is is a baptism by the spirit. And it is through conversion. That when you submit your life to Jesus Christ at conversion, he breathes his Holy Spirit upon your life. Now the Spirit is in you, and you are heaven ready. But then we also see in Acts chapter 1 verses 2, where it says that the Holy Spirit as well is going to come, and he's going to baptize you, and further text will explain in fire and power. And what begins to happen with the Holy Spirit in our lives is at Acts chapter 1, verse 2, it says that the Holy Spirit then baptizes you with the Spirit of God. And what happens is that this is after conversion. And what also happens there is now that the Spirit of God is going to flow through you and he's going to make you earth ready. This is the expression today of what the Holy Spirit of God can do in and through your life. Critical for us all. And so we will know that in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, there is a wide range of meaning when it comes to the Spirit of God. You're going to see emphasis on breath. You're going to see stuff on the human spirit, wind, life, air, power. I mean, I'm telling you there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of references to the Spirit of God and what he wants to do in your life. In fact, our Acts 2 text today that we did read together illustrates the most frequent of metaphors of the Spirit of God, and it is the word wind. So the title of our series is Numa, Fire, and Wind, and today I want to take a couple of minutes, and I want to focus in on this word wind. Now the Spirit of God, in terms of air, indicates that he is all around us. 
which means that he sustains every cell inside of our lives, which gives us life. This is the pneuma where God begins to breathe upon our lives and he allows his spirit to sustain us in moving forward. So I'm convinced today that we need to pray for the Holy Spirit of God as wind to fall upon us as a church again today. Will somebody say amen to that wherever you may be today? So there are four quick things that I just want to share with us when it comes to the emphasis of the Spirit in the context of wind. Number one is wind is power. And around the world, we have these tremendous tools at play. They're called windmills or turbines. If you've ever had the experience of traveling, you see these majestic machines moving and they're, they're moving to the, to the course of the wind. And, and as they are moving themselves, what it begins to show us is that there is a generation, a generator of, it's a generator of power. What these generators are doing is they're distributing to the people around them this power source that is vital for us. Now, I love what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, and it reads this, but you will receive power. Somebody say power, power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit wants to move upon your life, and the wind is used as power. Holy Spirit wants to breathe upon you and I so that we would have power. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever um, used your phone before and had the battery life in it hit zero? And then your life is in absolute turmoil. You think your life is about to end. You think the resurrection is close, whatever it may be. But we understand this aspect of battery life. And if I were to ask you a question, if you were to be able to operate whatever gadget you want to think about just on battery power and realizing that when it runs out of its battery life, you are at nothing. Compared to when I actually take my phone and I plug it into the wall charger that is, I also know that my phone will never lose its battery strength or signal whatsoever, which is interesting because when I think about that, I oftentimes wonder, when it comes to the Holy Spirit of God, do you have a battery approach to him or are you plugged in daily to what he has to offer you? And so I want us to be able to take a look at what that power source is for us today. Now, a couple of key verses that I think of when it comes to this topic of the Holy Spirit and power, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, says this, the Apostle Paul speaking this, it says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you, somebody say power now, empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Romans chapter 8 verses 11 says this, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, same power, it dwells in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God was breathed upon us by Jesus at conversion, and then the Holy Spirit decided to pour himself out in power over our lives that you and I would know the power of God daily in our walk with him. Now, I need us to see this because with this thing at play today, 
we know this one thing. You and I can resist the power and the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I have done this in my life where I've resisted him. I don't want anything to do with that right now. And you can resist the power of the Holy Spirit of God or you could welcome the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. It is your decision today, but I'm here to tell you that this personal assistant is willing to every single day of every hour, of every minute, and every second breathe into your life and let you be set on a course that will be victorious with Jesus Christ. Number two, wind never rests. Now, when wind is finished in one particular location, and we know wind, do we not, here in Victoria, especially as it comes screaming off the waters, when wind is done in one particular place, what does the wind do? It doesn't go to sleep, nor does it go to bed. It moves to a different location, representing this, that wind is always somewhere. And this is the same about the Spirit of God today. The Spirit of God never rests. He's always moving. He's always active in our lives. And as was prayed and talked about before, you can't even contain the wind. I mean, you and I, no matter how strong, powerful, or important you think you are, you can't contain the wind. And it's just like the Spirit of God. But what the Holy Spirit does in not resting and blowing his wind upon our lives is he sees the opportunities all around us. And what does he do? He blows into our lives. And he gently urges us to the situations that are all around us. And we have these situations everywhere in front of us. Some of you tomorrow, you're gonna wake up and you're gonna go to work and the Holy Spirit wants to go before you. He wants to take you into moments of people's lives and he wants to use you in power to bring change into who they are. You're gonna have moments in your home this week that are gonna require the Holy Spirit assistance because you're gonna have something interesting come up with your spouse or different relationships, perhaps your kids, your finances. The Holy Spirit wants to breathe into those moments as well. You'll have neighbors where the Holy Spirit has already seen the opportunity in front of you. Many times we think that we're the ones that have to do the work. Correction, my friend. The Holy Spirit has already prepared the way. He's just asking you to go and do what he's asked you to do. You could do this when you're driving. And how many of you know that I need help in driving? But the Holy Spirit could be with me behind my steering wheel when it comes to other people and what is going on. And even for our students today, when you go to school tomorrow, guess what? The Holy Spirit is not at rest. He wants to move through your life in those spaces as well because this is what the Holy Spirit does. Wind never rests. It's always on the fly. So Folks, the Spirit of God is more than active and alive today. He is not dead. We need to allow him to allow his wind to blow into our lives. Number three is that wind is not silent. Listen, you can't see the wind, but you certainly can feel its effects, can't you? And should this not be the same in every believer? Should this not be the same in every believer? where you could tell the person's activity because of what the Spirit is doing in you. Now listen, I am not advocating for you to be loud and boisterous in life, but what I am, I am kind of contending for right now is the Spirit's activity in you and I will be loud and will be seen by other people. We cannot make that mistake. And one of the ways that I think that we could look at this, and I may spend some time on this next week, but Galatians chapter five, it's called the fruit of the spirit. Not the fruits, not plural of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. It's one big, giant piece of fruit. And in this piece of fruit, there are these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Put your life against that litmus test today and see how the Spirit of God is alive and see how the Spirit, is he silent in some of those things or is he active and is he moving in your life? Number four, and this is where I'm gonna conclude today, is that wind draws. Now perspectives um, definitely matter to us today and I want us to see this uh, in our lives. In sailing, people will say that the wind or uh, in sailing, people will often try to communicate that the wind pushes you into a situation. But oftentimes, sailors have a reverse approach to that idea of wind. They say that the wind draws you into a particular situation. And I often think, and, and I've heard this term before in my life, that the Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. It's, it's beautiful. But here's a different picture. That the Holy Spirit is like a good neighbor. And a good neighbor just doesn't come crashing into your house. What does a good neighbor do? A good neighbor comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, can I come in? I actually think that the Holy Spirit of God is a lot like this. Many of us think that the Holy Spirit pushes, but I think the Holy Spirit is one who is going to draw you. He's going to ask you to come in because there's something appealing about who he is. And it reminds me that in, in the metaphor of, of sailing, is, um, do you know this when you're sailing and you're out on a boat? You can't make the wind move. You just can't. There's nothing you could do. You're at the mercy of the wind. Yes, you have these tools and gadgets and you prepare yourself, um, but you can't, make, you can't make the wind move. And oftentimes I think about this when it comes to the Holy Spirit and, and his timing in my life. And I don't know about you, but there are many times where I'm like, hey, Holy Spirit, how about right now? because the time is now. And he's like, Chapman, you don't know anything. And it, it's frustrating, but it reminds me, like the Holy Spirit is in charge. He's in control. He is the parakletos. He is that advocate. He is our helper. He knows better than you and I. And that timing is not a negotiable piece for us. What he's looking for is patience, which just so happens to be one of those fruit of the Spirit, right? But this is what I'm saying when you can't make the wind move. All you can do at that moment is you can prepare your sails for the wind which means when the Holy Spirit blows his wind, you're gonna move with him. I think some of us need to spiritually today set up our sails again. We have kept the sails down and the Holy Spirit of God is saying, I'm willing and I'm ready to pour out my spirit upon my people again. I wanna do something new. As we have sung this morning, we need a fresh wind. We need to lift our sails today and say, Spirit of God, I need you and I want you to do something powerful in my life because this is the posture of the Spirit that when you get your sails ready, guess what, folks? He's gonna draw you into the abundance of everything he has for you and I. So the Spirit draws. I'm convinced today, as I read the Acts 2 text again, a lot of people struggle with Acts chapter 2. The part for me that I struggle with here is that it's in the Word of God. People are like, Holy Spirit, no thank you, I'll just handle Jesus and God. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, Jesus said, unless I go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. Life is hard, is it not? And we need the help and the power of the Holy Spirit of God to lead us. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit wants to draw you to himself. In fact, I am convinced that God wants to breathe. He wants to pour out his fresh wind on his church again his people as he 
physically breathes into my lungs daily that keeps me alive, I'm here to say that spiritually he wants to breathe upon your heart and give you life so that you in turn will impact the kingdom of God in this life. This last week, and I'm going to finish with this story, um, Donna Pichet sent it to our team. And uh, I want to I share it with you because I think it's very relevant to our topic today about having the breath of God and the breath of life. And it reads this, after improving the health of a 93-year-old man in a hospital in Italy through COVID, he was asked to pay the cost of the respirator for a day. And then the old man began to cry. The doctor advised him not to cry over the bill. And what he said made all the doctors cry, though. The old man said, I do not cry for, I have the money to pay. It's not because I, I, can, I can't afford this. I can't afford it. I cry because I've been breathing God's air for 93 years, but I have never paid for it. It takes 500 euros to use the respirator in the hospital for a day. And do you know how much I owe God? I have never thanked God for this before in my life. And the words of this man deserve our reflection. You see, when we breathe freely without pain and disease, no one takes the air seriously. Only when we get to a hospital, we can know that even breathing oxygen with artificial respirator costs money. So thank God for the time you've spent all your life because you can breathe the breath of life from him. The Holy Spirit of God wants to breathe on us. Folks, we need a fresh wind today. And God wants to pneuma. He wants to breathe his spirit on you. Life is hard, but if you could have accurate and precise help, would you take it? My invitation for you today is come to a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Let me pray for you today. First of all, if you are listening with us today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ, according to what I read in Scripture, you may not have the person of the Holy Spirit on your team yet. But I'm here to tell you, He wants to send this personal assistant to you, but it means submitting your life to Him. And it's very simple. Jesus, I need you. I recognize that you are my savior. You died for me and that you want to give me life today. And he will breathe on your life. He will allow the person of the Holy Spirit to come and change you. And if that is you today, all you need to do is pray that prayer. Jesus, I need you to come. Be the savior of my life and in my world. You can text the word life to 250-478-7113. And one of our pastors will start you in on that journey. And for the rest of us, Jesus has already breathed on you. But maybe you've let your sails down. And I'm asking you to lift your sails today. I'm asking for you to allow the generator power of the Holy Spirit be your source and your sustenance for living for Jesus Christ. If life is hard, Jesus knows. That's why he gave us his spirit. And today, this is what I'm praying for and I'm asking for our church family that we have a fresh wind that pours over our lives. So, this is what I'm gonna ask. If you're able to, in the location that you're at, 
I'm going to do something old school with us today. Something that was taught to me as a kid. And if you're able to physically, I'd like you to just go to your knees with me today. Because it's a sign of surrender. And with hands lifted to the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray a prayer with me today. If you're ready for a fresh wind of the Spirit of God. So if this is you and you're able to do this, will you join me? And will you make it your prayer with me today? Holy Spirit, I'm sorry that I have grieved you and I've ignored your power. I pray for you to come and breathe your fresh wind on me because I've been trying to do it myself for a very long time with no success. And I'm praying that you would come and liberate my life that you will baptize me with the Spirit of God. That the Spirit would work through me and make me earth ready for the people who are around me, my own life. And I submit to you today who I am. I pray that you would come and you would generate your power in me, that you would never rest in me, that you will always keep the stories fun and alive as you move from story to story, And I pray most importantly today that you will draw me into your presence. This is a relationship. And so daily may I engage in that relationship. I need a fresh wind. So come and pour your spirit out. Because I'm not exempt from this. Scriptures say all people. And in power you will pour yourself out. So I'm a candidate today for that. And I ask you to do that in my life. And Holy Spirit of God, as individuals across our city and our world are praying this prayer with us today, I pray for a pouring out of your Spirit upon our church family. I'm asking you for us to change this community. I'm praying that you, Holy Spirit of God, will set the pace and the course for us. And we would not be worried about having to conjure up anything because you're already doing it. But in your power, we would say change in our city. I pray for salvation in our city, that people would come to know you because of the fine people that call this church home. Help us today. We need a fresh wind. So come and pour your spirit out. Starting today, not tomorrow, but today. Pour your spirit out. And we'll love you. So we submit to you. We need your help, advocate. Paracletos, pour your spirit out upon us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, we love you, and we hope that this week you know that you can walk in the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. As we have spent some time on wind, I pray that you will allow the Spirit to draw you into situations this week. And next week, we're going to come and we're going to bring the fire metaphor. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you know somebody who needs to be here, invite them in next week too. But we love you, church family. And we will see you next week. Live in the pneuma of God for your life. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye.